But then the last step, and we're the only company that does this in the IRA space, is that we have the vault manager actually, and he does this every day for a few hours. He takes pictures of your metal. So basically puts your metals out and he puts your account number, he counts it, he signs it, and we send you a picture of that. Oh, I so love you that. get actual physical proof that your metals are there. On top of that, I actually go to the depositories twice a year and I do a blind audit. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for tuning in. That was Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold. And in this interview, you're going to find out exactly why I chose Noble Gold. They'll hold your precious metals in your name, verified, and they won't gouge you like others in the industry might. Thanks so much for tuning in, friends. Guys, as the U.S. debt clock is fast approaching 32 trillion and then 35 trillion, 40 trillion, where does it end? Nobody knows. It seems to be a house of cards, right? So that's why we all love to own some physical silver, physical gold. And now a lot of folks are moving IRAs, at least to some extent, into the space as a hedge of protection from a worst case scenario. And to that end, I wanted to get on the line. Colin Plume, he's the CEO of Noble Gold. Let me welcome him now. Colin, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Finally uh, was able to find some time and we're, uh, we're talking in person, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's nice to finally meet you in person. Let me, before we get to know you a little bit better, I just want to give uh, my audience the background here. I've been courted by numerous companies and as I did my due diligence regarding this IRA, gold, precious metals thing, I found that some of these companies are really gouging their customers. Honest companies, well, they don't gouge their customers. And after doing a lot of due diligence, I decided to go with Noble Gold. And guys, if you're interested in hedging against inflation and out of control fiat printing presses, Noble Gold is the company I trust. So I just wanted to say that, Colin. I think you guys do a much better job and you're much more fair and transparent with your customers than some others in the space. And frankly, some others in the space that are being promoted by really high profile truth tellers in the space, people in the real news media. I don't think those guys necessarily did their due diligence. No, I and it, it always is surprising when I see a high profile person representing a company. And you know, and because the space is unregulated, you really have to dive in and do your research. You have to check reviews and and check the background of a company. And and a lot of times they they don't do their due diligence or they try to play dumb, right? I think that's what's happened a lot of times. And there's there's been big gold companies that have finally been found. And there's one, there's a recent one that went through is going through bankruptcy, and there's a number of things happening, but it all revolves around overcharging clients and selling uh coin specific semi-numismatic coins. So you really have to be careful about who you're doing business with and and go with a company that really is focused on uh, not only the customer satisfaction. Uh, but they have a good reputation and they, they're going to spend their time with you. I, I think that's what people find a lot of times if they're rushing you into a decision, uh, there's typically a reason behind it. You will never find that at Noble Gold Investments. We're not going to rush you into making a decision. People get information. They take their time. Our sales team buys gold and silver themselves. They're not just selling it. They own it. And they're going to be with you for the length of the process and, and, and even beyond that. We stay on your account for the life of the account and the IRA. So there's a number of things that we do that are that separate us from, from a lot of the competitors out there. But I think the biggest thing is just making sure that you feel comfortable. You're not getting rushed 
into uh, uh, into a bad decision. And if it sounds too good to be true, it typically is. So if they're offering so many free coins or there's companies offering five and $10,000 in free silver, there's typically a reason that they're offering. Nothing is is free. You're not getting $10,000 in free silver uh, and, and and for for a reason. There, it's, it's an offer that they're going to really charge you a, a hefty premium. So you have to be careful. Yeah. You know, you said something important there. If it sounds too good to be true, well, you know what? It probably is. And yeah. as I was being told these things from these sales reps, I thought, well, look, I've understood that in the past, little old grandmas and grandpas have been taken advantage of by hungry salesmen that made them promises and ultimately sold them highly overpriced semi-numismatic coins. I want no part of that. I couldn't sleep at night if I was earning money by fleecing grandma and grandpa. So I want to do a screen share here just so the audience knows. Then we're going to get to the brass tacks of it. This is the website, Noble Gold Investments. And guys, if you want to learn more, you can download the free report here under Learn Gold and Silver Guide. But Colin, what I wanted to show you is this opinion piece from the Wall Street Journal. Default on U.S. debt is impossible. All right, so let's just break this down. The Constitution makes clear that bondholders have to be paid and other obligations aren't debt. What I'm really troubled by and worried about is the ballooning national debt payments now approaching a trillion dollars per year. Those debt payments at some point may make servicing the debt impossible. Can we at least agree on that? I mean, these people are out of control in Washington, D.C. Print, 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 print. And by the way, $110 billion for Ukraine, while the folks in East Palestine are worried about their very futures, it is maddening beyond belief. Well, we don't we don't have enough money to to get into a war right now, unfortunately. And that's that's the position we are in war, obviously, with any way you want to slice it. We're giving this much aid to Ukraine. Uh, whatever your politics are, we, we are involved in a world where $31 trillion in debt. So we have that that we're focused on. And then we've obviously have very heavy inflation. Um, we're in an inflationary period where they're having to keep interest rates really high. And that's going to uh, hurt the economy right now because so much of our economy is built on uh, on debt and getting and getting money. The, the average home mortgage right now is at 7%. Now, obviously, if you have good credit or things happen, you can get it a little bit less than that. But you're at a seven percent mortgage. You know, two years ago we were in the high twos, low threes, um, and that affects a, a lot of different businesses. It doesn't just affect home mortgages; uh, it affects commercial real estate, which we've obviously seen seen a slowdown. So we have this this heavy inflationary period. We have this high mortgage rates and high notes. So we're really in in a, in a bad position, and then. Uh, on top of all that, the credit card debt. Uh, you know, there was a report that came out in the news yesterday that 36% of Americans have more credit card debt than savings in their account. So, uh, you know, all these things that we've tried to do, all this stimulus that we've tried to do over the last few years, has actually sort of backfired uh, for us. And unfortunately, we're in a worse position than even where we were during during COVID because. During COVID, we had, it was literally the we've cut off more debt than we have ever had as Americans. We had the least amount of credit card debt we've seen, I think, in 40 years before that. Now, a few years later, we're in a worse position, even though they say unemployment's low. Uh, so the economy is in a really bad position. And I know they've said it's a it's not a recession, it's a rich session, or it's it's only focused on white collar jobs. But I, I think people across the board are really feeling uh, the pinch and, and feeling costs go up pretty dramatically. 
Yeah, it's really a concern, too. And I want to talk a little bit about those of us who are blessed enough to have IRAs. I think at this point, you need to be in a certain age group or you need to have gotten involved in crypto very early. Maybe you're young and you got lucky with the crypto, so you have money. But six in 10 Americans don't have $500 in savings for an emergency. So, Colin, for my audience, a lot of whom have invested for a very long time their entire lives and do have money in IRAs and other savings accounts, can you explain how converting some of those monies to a gold or silver or gold and silver IRA makes sense and how that works? So let's just say a person has $500,000 in multiple accounts. They don't have to go all in on precious no. metals, right? Explain why you think this is a good hedge. Well, and I think it, I talk about this a lot um, just across the board for, for my whole career. I believe in diversification. I, I come from a, a commercial real estate background. So I, I do believe in real estate. I have I have stocks. I have a tremendous amount of precious metals. So I think what it is, is that you look at each of these investments and ha you have a different bucket. And so you have your bucket, maybe you just have your home, maybe you have some money in the stock market. But if you don't have any in precious metals, I think you could be missing the boat because right now what you're seeing is with this heavy inflationary period, what is going to be that safety play in your portfolio? When I look at crypto, for instance, as you mentioned, that's a riskier investment, right? So for people that have enough, they're going to take a little bit and, and you know, kind of gamble Vegas style and, and see what crypto can do for them. But for a lot of people, they they are looking at, I, I don't want to have any losses. I want to make sure I'm in investments that as long as I hold them over time, will will typically do well. And that's why having some gold and silver make a lot of sense right now. And I think moving from uh, having mutual funds over into a gold IRA or silver IRA or even platinum, a lot of people aren't talking about platinum, but platinum is, is a very affordable, this is a one ounce platinum bar. Uh, platinum has a lot of value right now. It's much lower than it's been in years past. Uh, there's a lot of industrial uses that are coming up for platinum. So you can put any of these metals or all four of these metals as a portion of your IRA. It's tax deferred. We do all the paperwork. We have a full IRA team. They work six days a week doing paperwork. So we can walk you through the whole process. And basically you could just break off a chunk of your other investments and you can put that in physical metals. Now, if in 10 years or five years, the metal you buy, let's say silver goes to 50 and the stock market's in the dumps again, and you want to move that, you can easily move back into some of those other investments within the IRA vehicle. You could do all that. So it's just basically moving it from one asset to a different asset. You're either getting out of stocks or maybe you're getting out of you know paper money. You want to switch out of paper money and get into gold. Um, and you know there's a lot of studies that a lot of people over the last year are just sitting in cash. Uh, which, you know, obviously there's a time and place where you may be going to cash for a little bit, but I don't think staying in cash long-term is going to get you the kind of retirement that, uh, that you're looking for. The other thing that I think is important about your company and why I decided to go with you guys as a sponsor for SGT Report is the fact that you're knowledgeable and you understand, I think, very well the manipulation of the precious metals via COMEX, the LBMA, the paper metals, et cetera, the ETFs. The point I want to make here is you just said physical precious metals in your IRA. Yeah. Do you want to flush that out? We're not talking about getting people into the SLV or the GLD ETF, which in my view is entirely fraudulent. Yeah. Well, and and I can tell you what happened during, during um, 
uh, during COVID during that, you know, that run for a few months, uh, sorry, more than a few months, about eight to 10 months, we, you know, we as dealers were competing against COMAX and all of these big companies to try to get silver. And so it was, it was, they were paying double, triple normal, uh, costs for bars because there was such a high demand, you know, from April of 2020, all the way till the end of that year, till December, uh, there was just no silver out there. And, even though they were still selling contracts, I know that they were not able to actually get enough silver to cover those contracts because I know as a buyer, major player in the space, how hard it was to buy metals. Luckily, I sort of mortgaged my life in, in March and April and bought every uh, 100 kilo and 1,000 ounce silver bar that I could buy. And I, I think I bought almost everyone in the industry. So I never sort of ran out, but there was times that you couldn't get it a lot of the silver is mined in Mexico. It wasn't coming out of Mexico because of COVID, and yet there were still contracts being sold. So, you know, you can you can say that it's a safe place. They can say they can put all these regulatory things in place, but I know for a fact during that time period that there wasn't enough silver to back because I I know from from a buyer who's buying millions and millions and millions of dollars that there just wasn't enough out there. So what we do is not contracts. It's not leverage. You're buying. The, the metal and you're either getting it shipped to you or we're, we're storing it uh, in the depository in a segregated account, uh, which is really important that you focus. Do not do commingled accounts uh, in an IRA or anywhere because there's no real way to audit. They're not doing it the right way. The only way to store anywhere with this stuff, if you're going to store, is to do segregated account, which is what we've done since we started the business. Can you explain that for the audience? What does a co-mingled account mean? Does that mean that some of these companies out there sort of hold the metals in their name and your name? Or what does that mean exactly? It could it could be that. It, it, it most likely is that. Basically, they'll just count it as it comes in and then they'll put you in a big vault. So there's no way to know exactly whose metal is what. So if you bought an American Eagle and you're in a co-mingled account and then you want to get take possession of it later, you're not going to get that, that silver eagle or that gold eagle that you bought. They're just going to ship you any gold eagle. And there's been stories. There was a, a depository in Delaware recently that just went out of business. And there's a lot of people that don't have a, a gold and silver. They're missing ounces. They're missing a lot of gold and silver there. And that was a co-mingled depository. Um, which was a depository that I could have used for many years, but I never did use them because I don't believe in commingled storage. There's also other depositories that do it across the country. And yes, it's a little bit cheaper, right? That's maybe why people do it. They go, oh, who cares? It's commingled. But at the end of the day, yeah. when you're spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to spend an extra 25 or 40 bucks a year to have it segregated, I think makes a lot of sense. So what they do when our IRAs are shipped, they have multiple people check them. But then the last step, and we're the only company that does this in the IRA space, is that we have the vault manager actually, and he does this every day for a few hours. He takes pictures of your metal. So basically puts your metals out and he puts your account number. He counts it, he signs it, and we send you a picture of that. Oh, I so love you that. get actual physical proof that your metals are there. On top of that, I actually go to the depositories twice a year and I do a blind audit. So basically I'll have my team send me uh, trades that we did over the last year and I'll go through and I'll pull out 100 to 200 accounts and I'll actually count the ounces or, or grams or whatever it is and I'll count it uh, per client and I'll just go through. I don't do all of them, obviously, because it would take me uh, longer than a few days. But I do do blind accounts and 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 I check and and make sure the ounces are there. And then I, I send an email to the client letting them know that I did an audit of their account. 
That's fantastic. Guys, this is exactly what I've been telling you about Noble Gold. This is why I chose to go with Noble Gold, because there's an old adage, Colin, I know that you know what it is. If you don't hold it, you don't own it, right? Right. And so unallocated or non-allocated precious metals inevitably leads to hypothecated or rehypothecated metals, meaning your metal gets loaned out because the holders of the metal, the people that claim they own it on your behalf, they can make money by loaning the stuff out. And that's the house of cards that's been created by this entire moral hazard of non-backed fiat, non-gold-backed fiat paper. And by the way, you probably recall Jeff Christian's testimony at the CFTC hearing back in 2010, he was very excited to report that gold and silver are treated just like other financial assets and they trade 100 to one paper to physical. That was back in 2010. I can assure you, Colin, based on what we're seeing at the LBMA and the COMEX, it's a lot worse now. Yeah, it's got to be higher than 100 to one. And it's similar to what you're saying is is the derivative market uh, that collapsed the housing market in 2008. It's a similar idea, right? Is that they're they're bunching all these these bonds together and then selling them out, but nobody really knows what's in there. It's similar to having a a co-mingled depositories. You don't know what's in there. You're not going to get it. So, you know, with us, you buy, you know, if you buy this one ounce platinum bar, this Falcambi bar, and then you retire in 10 years and you want to take your metal as your distribution, it's, you know, one thing about gold and silver that's great in the IRA, it's the only asset you can actually take as your in-kind distribution. So you could take this bar and have it shipped to you. Obviously, if you have taxes at that point, you'll pay your taxes, but you could take this as your distribution as opposed to taking cash. And so it's nice to have that option depending on the year. A lot of our clients, they're at the required mandatory distribution age, but they don't want to take cash. So it gives them the option that they can take their metal as their distribution and then obviously sell it down the road or do whatever they want privately uh, when they decide to sell it. Okay. I want to change gears just a bit and discuss that Bear Stearns moment in 2008, 2009. Do you remember when Jim Cramer famously told a caller who asked about the demise of Bear Stearns, and Kramer said, don't sell, do not right. sell. Peter writes, should I be worried about Bear Stearns in terms of liquidity and get my money out of there? No, no, no. Bear Stearns is fine. Do not take your money out. This is really, look, if there's one takeaway other than a plus 400 somebody, Bear Stearns is not in trouble. I mean, if anything, they're more likely to be taken over. Don't move your money from Bear. That's just being silly. Don't be silly. Right. And the next Monday, it opened at two bucks. Colin, there was just a conference or meeting held by the uh, FDIC in which these folks are openly talking about bail-ins. They say that bail-ins are coming and they don't want the public to know because they don't want to cause a run on the banks. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I know gold outperformed just about all other assets last year, including Bitcoin. So we're talking 2022. That doesn't happen every single year, but the moral hazard of what's coming might be bail-ins and, you know, take a look at what happened in Cyprus and Greece, a 40% haircut over the weekend. And by the way, these FDIC people, they say this would be announced on a Friday afternoon. So you're helpless over the weekend. And then on Monday, well, I don't know. (laughs) Good luck if you don't have a gold IRA or physical. Yeah. I mean, most FDIC, uh, when they would take over a bank, most of them happen on a Friday. That's what happened in 2008 to 2010. They come in quietly on a Friday, take over the bank and and, and, you know, hopefully the bank would open up on Monday and then they would try to sell those assets to another bank. Yeah. So we did a bailout in 2008 and all the banks got bailed out. All the big institutions got bailed out. There's some that, that went down like Lehman, but, you know, average Americans that had a mortgage that, 
you know, that rate went up or they were on a variable mortgage or they just couldn't afford it because obviously things were changing at that time. They they lost it. They had credit issues. I mean, we really, you know, the average person really got taken advantage of uh, during the 2008 to 2010 situation. So now what they did with Dodd-Frank is they created a way for if the banks needed it, that they could use deposits. And so that's something that a lot of people aren't totally familiar with. And it seems like a concept that that couldn't really happen here in the US because how could a bank just take your deposits? But there's a certain amount that's insured. And then above that amount, it's it, the banks could potentially use it if they were in a situation where they were going to fold and the FDIC couldn't come in and sort of protect those banks. So there is a clause in that that could put a position where your assets, your savings would be in a position where it could potentially be used by the bank to keep the bank afloat. And so it's it's a scary situation for people that are used to keeping money in the bank. Where else do you put it? What are what are the ideas? Where where else do I keep it? And I think it it, it shows that things have gotten to the point in this country where our debt is so high that if they're talking about doing bail-ins now, you know, it was one of those provisions that, you know, probably a lot of people thought they would never use, but now it's coming to light and, and it's putting people's funds uh, in jeopardy and also quite scary for anyone that saved money and that has it sitting in a bank uh, that they could use it so that they don't go, uh, they, the bank doesn't go bankrupt. You know, I should tell you as an aside, I received something in the mail just the other day from Wells Fargo and I was fascinated by it. I've got a pretty high credit score and uh, I don't know why they're courting me with this particular offer, because I don't have $250,000 to leave on deposit with them. And if I did, I wouldn't leave it on deposit with them. But they are, believe it or not, promising through this new vehicle that they have, this elite savings vehicle, I guess. If you deposit $250,000 or more with Wells Fargo and you maintain that balance for, I don't know what it was, three, six months, whatever, they will give you $2,500 in cash as a bonus. Now, I know that the FDIC only insures those accounts up to 250 grand. And I thought, what are these guys up to? They continue to get busted for doing bad things to customers. And then I get that in the mail. I mean, do you think I would trust Wells Fargo with 250K in cash? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, that would be it would be silly to go to, to go to, I mean, they've had so many different situations. They've opened fake mortgages. They've moved accounts for people. I mean, the amount of money that they've had to pay out in fines is, is astronomical. And, you know, 2,500 is, is, is seems like a lot, but if you look at what inflation really is, you know, let's just say, let's just take the government's number, you know, seven, seven and a half percent, you know, you need to make a whole lot more than, than $2,500 to keep up with that. And so, you know, that's why a lot of people today just aren't sitting with that much cash in their accounts. I don't think, I don't think anybody really sits with a lot of money in one bank per se, just because of all these things that can happen. And then if you don't need that money, and I don't know anyone that needs $250,000 to live you know, even for a few months, then where where are you putting your money during that interim period to to make a return? And that's sort of why people are looking at these different investments. Now, obviously, the safe investment for all these years that people always talk about is bonds, but you know those bonds are becoming a little bit more treacherous and a little bit more uh, scary to get into, depending on what kind of bond you're getting into and what kind of term you're getting into. So that's why people are sort of, and I've had large bond traders come to us and say that a lot of these endowments, a lot of these institutions, Harvard and all these are starting to look at precious metals 
as maybe a better option or maybe a complement to their bond portfolios uh, as a way to sort of hedge their bet and kind of ride out, especially this year and next year, kind of ride things out uh, through this uh, economic wave. Just a couple more questions here, and I want your opinion on crypto. I know that you're a bit of a Bitcoin guy. You certainly understand Bitcoin, the function of Bitcoin, the value of Bitcoin. So just help the audience break down. Let's just use an imaginary portfolio of somebody who has a million dollars in assets in maybe three different IRAs or investment vehicles. If they don't own any precious metals, now I'm not a fiduciary. I'm not a uh, investment broker or analyst. I'm not a licensed investment. uh, What do they call them? Advisor. Advisor. I'm not a licensed investment advisor. But what would you suggest for somebody who has a million dollars and no exposure to precious metals or Bitcoin? Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I own Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin. I, you know, I think it really depends on your age. I'm not a financial advisor either, but I, I think it really depends on what your risk level is. I think, obviously, the the crypto market. You know, we had the crypto winter over the last probably seven or eight months. Uh, seems like Bitcoin is sort of stabilized here. There's a lot more. Uh, demand and 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 you know a lot of people thought with what happened with FTX that that market may just completely go away and, and it actually hasn't. I think that what's happening with crypto that is makes it appealing is it is the widespread use over just so many different uh, asset classes that are and and exchanges in different places that have access to crypto and Bitcoin that never had it before like Fidelity and you know all these countries that are buying Bitcoin. I think the more it's spread out over the world, the more people hold it, the more people are having it for, and they're trading with it. Uh, I think the price of it could go up. Bitcoin is the only one that I think a gold buyer can sort of understand because it has a limited supply, right? There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoin ever created. I think they say there's something like in the high 18 millions uh, right now. I don't know the exact number of how many Bitcoin has been mined, but it it sort of feels similar to, to, to gold, uh, and that it has a limited supply. The only argument I would make is that you know gold it does have a tremendous industrial use, and Bitcoin it has a use as a currency, but it hasn't proven to have as many uses besides being a, a bartering or trading and alternative. It hasn't found those other uses. Some of the other cryptos are trying to solve some problems like Ethereum and Solana. They're trying to solve some actual problems, and we'll see if they do. Uh, but that's why Bitcoin and gold has sort of been compared to each other. In terms of the percentages, obviously, everybody's different. It depends on your risk tolerance level and what you feel comfortable with. Uh, but my gut is that Bitcoin is is going to stay around. I think there's probably five to 10 cryptos that make it. And then I think pretty much out of the other 3,000 or so or 4,000 or left, I think 99% of them go away and, and they go to nothing. And that, But the, you know, that's obviously just my opinion. Yeah. And the reason I brought up Bitcoin and that $1 million overall portfolio is that in a diversified portfolio, you may want to have some skin in multiple games because you never know. I mean, Bitcoin could go to a million dollars per coin like Max Kaiser and some others say, or it could go to zero. Now I'm in the camp that says it's not going to zero. So it probably is going north of a hundred thousand. And my audience knows that, but gold and silver are the foundations of really any sound portfolio. And in my hand right now, I hold the new Solari report from Catherine Austin Fitz, volume 2022, number three, second quarter wrap up. The cover, gold and silver, defending family wealth and sovereignty for 5,000 years. And really, as we wrap up the conversation, Colin, that's the dirty little secret. The Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the Morgans and the Windsors, they don't want the public to know. 
they have built multi-generational wealth, yes, through fiat printing presses, but also through gold and silver. The Rothschilds started out as the bankers to kings and queens, and they really invented hypothecation of gold and silver. But the point is, is that as we're having this conversation, nation states like China and Russia, you name them, they're stacking gold hand over fist. Absolutely. And last year was the biggest buying of gold by by central banks than in almost 40 years before that, which is is really an interesting, uh, if you look at the dynamics of where gold is, I think a big part of it is that gold is now a tier one asset for, for banks. I think that shift in 2017 has really come to the forefront that banks can hold gold on their books. And basically, by them making it a tier one asset, they're basically saying gold is money again. And so that's why you saw central banks really buying heavy last year. Um, you know, Besides the US, pretty much most major countries were buying gold uh, and holding gold and continue to do that. And I think they'll continue. I think this year will also be a very big year for central banks buying gold. All right. Sort of a final question. I want your opinion on this. Given that gold did so well compared to other asset classes last year, last year was a down market, horrible market for crypto. It began in November of 2021. It was down for a straight year. It's rebounding a bit now, but the same is true for the S&P. There's just been a sell-off across the board. When we talk about hedging your future with gold in physical form and silver, platinum in physical form, what I think we're talking about is not that gold will continue to outperform everything forever. What we're talking about is a worst case event. What about a total collapse of the stock market? What about a black swan event? What about a nuclear war? I mean, I'm sorry, what's going on in Ukraine right now with NATO threatening Russia? It's just really off the charts. And by the way, Biden decided to go to Ukraine on President's Day instead of to East Palestine. But the point is, in a worst case scenario, gold in physical form, along with silver, platinum, et cetera, is a life preserver. And I mean that literally, because if you lost all of your assets, because everything was just in traditional investment vehicles, if you lost everything in a black swan, your life's over kind of, right? But if you have 10, 20% in gold and silver, that's a life preserver. Yeah. I mean, during 9-11, when the stock market was closed down, this, the gold and silver market was still open. So it, it's proven that the, this market will live on, the physical market will live on, and you will always have access to it. There, And I think what you're saying in a worst case scenario what's going to be left to trade and barter with. And obviously there's a lot of items that people buy and guns and food and things like that. But there's also, you sometimes you just want something, a, a simple bartering fungible uh, asset and gold makes perfect sense because gold, this, you know, this gold bar has the same value anywhere in the world and anywhere in the world, they'll buy it. And anywhere in the world, they'll buy it much more than they'll buy this, right? They'd much rather have gold than, than fiat money. Um, and it's funny with this $100 bill, I keep one in my, in my wallet to remind me, but I also, there's no place that takes cash anymore. <laughs> Nobody wants cash. They want gold. And I think at the end of the day, if we're in a worst case scenario, you're going to be happy that you had some diversification. You have some physical gold and silver uh, in your portfolio. Yeah. And kind of the point I'm sort of driving at too, is the fact that uh, gold, silver, platinum, and other precious metals that you can have access to in the worst case scenario will give you the wealth with which to rebuild. Right. Because think about it. If the FDIC and the banks declared a bail-in or a bank holiday on a Friday, people are going to have those revalued, devalued dollars or whatever they call them on a Monday. But those same dollars, whatever they call them on a Monday, although devalued greatly, will be revalued much higher 
in gold and silver. See, there you've got your basis for your life preserver and your ability to rebuild in whatever right. the new system is. Yeah. And it's been like that through time. I mean, you look at gold coins, you know, you take this this gold Canadian maple leaf here, um, this one ounce gold coin. And this is a modern day bullion coin. But if you, if you took it our money 100 years ago, you took our $20 gold pieces, those $20 gold pieces 100 years ago could pay for a lot. You could, you could go out and buy a suit. You could buy groceries. You could do a lot of things with $20, that $20 gold piece 100 years ago. Think about that $20 gold piece today, which is in essence an American Eagle or a Maple Leaf. You know, that $1,900, $2,000 coin can still buy a lot of the day-to-day things that you need. It's doing the same thing it did 100 years ago and 100 years ago before that is it's kept up with the value of things that you need to buy and it's kept people afloat. And I think that's sort of the point you're making is that sometimes you just need a worst case scenario investment, something to protect you if things really do hit the fan. Yeah. And the other thing you need when you're embarking on this type of investment is you need trust and you need verification of that trust. You need to know the people you're dealing with actually will hold your physical metal in your name and that it really exists. And Colin has just explained that that is the case with Noble Gold. Colin, I'll give you the last word. I do appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, no, great to be on and, and talk to you about really what's happening in money. And, you know, if anybody's looking to just get some education or or talk to somebody, uh, check out our website at Noble Gold Investments or give us a call if you want to talk to an actual live person uh, here in the U.S. You can give us a call at 877-646-5347. Uh, make sure you mention that you heard about us here on the uh, SGT report and and uh, glad to be here and talk about uh, talk about money and really what's happening. Well, I appreciate it. Let's keep in touch. And hopefully that black swan event isn't coming in our lifetimes. You know, I, I do think the powers that be want that Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, they want their great reset. But fortunately, people are waking up in droves, Colin. They really yeah. are. And that's the good news. That is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People are waking up and they're getting protected. And that's the most important thing. All right, guys, our guest has been Colin Plume. He's the CEO of Noble Gold. Thank you, Colin. Thank you so much. Yeah. And my pleasure. Absolutely. And friends, I will leave the link below. If you want to learn more, just click on the learn tab, download that free report or call Noble Gold directly. Everything you need to know is directly below this video. Friends, thanks so much for tuning in. As always, visit us directly every single day for free at sgtreport.com. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda and mockingbird mainstream media lies. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. I do believe that the powers, the elite powers and globalists are losing their grip. And that is why they're trying to unleash an avalanche of multifaceted disasters.